0: Good morning. morning. <laughs> it's good to be back here. Yeah. You guys doing well? Yeah. Awesome. Three of you are, the rest <laughs> undecided. will let me know later. <laughs> no, it really is. It's cool to be here. My wife was really looking forward to joining me. We love being out to of minister together. Um, and She really is, like, not really the other 50%, more like the other 80%. I feel like I carry about 20% of what we do. And um, so I'm sorry you guys missed out on that. But uh, we only have four kids. We don't have eight. We're not going to shoot for eight either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... uh, Our son, Elijah, uh, those of you who know our story, our son Elijah is nine years old, and and, uh, he has special needs, and so um, it requires a lot of of, uh, variables that are often outside of our control, and so uh, we had a bunch of friends jacked up to be here with us, part of our team, and um, unfortunately, like, in the last two days, they've all just kind of fallen unwell and fallen ill and haven't been able to make it, and so we're like, all right, God's obviously up to something here, and got an awesome plan for today, because the devil doesn't mess with things that aren't worth messing with, and so, because he hasn't got enough time on his hands to muck around with invaluable things, but that's enough about him, because he's a waste of breath, to be honest. So, hey, before we begin, I just want to share about a couple of things we've got out here, that's right, they're out here. We've got a couple of books out there. We've got a few CDs out there. Um, I would have shared about them last time, so forgive me if it's second time, but good refresher for you. Um, we have this book my dad and I put together called Miracles in Aotearoa, and it's like, it's a serious book. You can hurt someone with it, which is, it's good. It's very helpful at times. But um, did you guys, have you guys heard of Western Carrier? Did he come through here? He'd pretty much been everywhere in New Zealand. Um, we had the privilege of uh, dad spoke at his funeral and I played a couple songs at his funeral. Best funeral I've ever been to, hands down. And uh, he, it was just testimony after testimony of God radically transforming people's lives. And there was a person sitting on the second row who was literally uh, just in hospital with Western Carrier before he passed away. Weston passed in Tauranga Hospital, and, um, and this guy was just sitting there weeping the whole time, because he was a total atheist before he met Weston, and, um, and now he just, he had encountered love for the first time, you know, and so anyway, <clears throat> Weston would go to these places around the country, and would see phenomenal miracles, people would um, write them out, send a letter to him with their testimony. And then he would publish them in these tiny little DIY, typical Kiwi-looking kind of pamphlet, booklet things, and he would hand them out when he would go places. And uh, he had about thirteen volumes of those first-hand eyewitness account testimony volumes, journals, and that was just the ones he that uh, that was the ones he had published. And he only published ones that he was able to verify. And uh, he was very like had a really rigid process that he went through. Huge integrity and everything in what he did. Uh, But he had like thousands more in his office as well, ready to go. And so anyway, I came away from that and I thought, man, I don't want the testimony of the Lord in Aotearoa, in our land, to be as hard for my children's children to find as it was for me to find. Because how many know that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy? Revelations 19.10. So when we talk about what Jesus has done it releases that that very testimony of what he has done releases that thing the ability for that thing to happen into the atmosphere again so that's why one of the number one keys if you want to see miracles in your life is just talk about miracles and it releases that into the atmosphere around you for that very thing to happen again like we're going to come together tonight and we're going to go after healing What we're going to do is just share stories of healing, because it releases it into the room. That's the key that we found when we started out in this journey. I just wanted to see people healed because I saw the, I saw Benny Hinn on telly. I saw all these cool people doing it. I was like, I want to do that. If I'm going to do something with my life, I want to do the cool stuff. And so, I thought that was pretty cool. But I didn't have any testimonies of my own, so we just stole some from like Africa and India and China and places like that where it was all happening. You know how we've all got stories, we've all heard the things God doing way overseas somewhere. And so we just talked about those until we started seeing our own. And then we started having our own stories and we went from there. But what we've found is that, my goodness, we have a rich inheritance in the testimony of Jesus. This is like over 600 pages of first-hand testimonies of what Jesus has done. Anything from cancers being healed to backs being totally reformed to, like, and we've got a whole chapter in there called Unusual Conditions, <laughs> where we, we literally didn't know, like, we've, we've broken the chapters out into the different types of conditions, so chapter one is hips, legs, knees, and feet, you got a whole chapter on hips, legs, knees, and feet, who needs a new hip, leg, knee, or foot, does anyone need anything going on with that? couple of knees, all right. There you go. I'm sure there's a couple in here. So it's a great coffee table book. All that I could rabble on about this all day. I just... It's, it excites me that, you know, there's 600-odd pages. Mind you, there's two that snuck in here from Australia. But we've got to have sympathy on them somewhere. So they're that terrible at rugby at the moment. We've got to help them out. So we let them in with two. But... The rest is just all from right up and down the country. You can literally, in the index in the back, you can look up any condition, any uh, place name, church names, uh, just to see what the Lord's been doing in different places. So when you travel around New Zealand, you can look up what God's done there. Um, But yeah, just an awesome book. That's 40 bucks that's out there. That's Miracles in Aotearoa. Um, Great coffee table book. I want to see one in every home in New Zealand. And we've even got doctors who put them in their clinics um, as coffee table reading in there, which is, I think, much better than Woman's Day or something like that. I love the royal wedding, but I mean, glad it's over, <laughs> let's be honest. <clears throat> um, this is uh, a book I published a few years back called The Art of Healing. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, our son Elijah has special needs. And so this is our, my journey of encountering God as healer through that, through the whole question mark of what's going on with my son. And so how many know that God's name is healer? He says, I am healer. And in Jewish culture, when you reveal, um, when God reveals himself, when, when he reveals one of his names, He's literally describing a part of the substance that makes up his very being. So he's saying, I am healer. He's saying, I am made up of the substance of healing. When he says God is love, when it says God is love, it's saying he's made up of the very substance of love. So that, to me, it shows healing is not a choice that he makes. It's not something that he chooses to um, turn. It's not a switch he flicks on or off. It's not, I'll put it this way, healing is not something he just does. It's who he is. It's his very nature. He is healer. And so uh, this is my book which unpacks all of that. And it's an activation book. So uh, I've got assignments and activations in there that take you through activating miracles and signs and wonders in your own life. Because it's not like... You know, people think, oh, wow, you've got a gift of healing. And I kind of, I understand that, but at the same time, I feel like when people focus on that, you've missed the point. Because I've got the gift of healing as much as anybody who's ever said, hey, God, would you use me to heal the sick, has the gift of healing. That's all it is. So um, that's the art of healing that's out there as well. Does anyone want to go on that journey of seeing signs, wonders, and miracles? I want to give this away. Who wants to go, oh, you've got your hand up first. You've got to be quick. I going to bless you with this, bro. Be blessed. <clears throat> um, real quick, we've got some CDs out there too. Ams and I put out our first full-length album, Flood Me. Last year, I think, beginning of last year, went on to become a nominated finalist at the National Music Awards, which was a huge surprise to us. It was great fun. Um, and so that's out there. Um, who has not heard Flood Me and would like to say, oh, yeah, you... I saw it. Yeah, just waiting. You've got to be quick. I love it. Bless you. Um, We have some of our friends. We record and release. Uh, I love you know that we get the chance to work with songwriters this afternoon. Did you know every move of God throughout history has had a sound. It has its own song, which gives its as soon as a move of God has its own sound, it has an established identity and it has longevity. So if you, that's why we encourage, not just so you can put out a cool church album and be the next Hillsong, we're not worried about that. If you want to do that, awesome. But the fact of the matter is your songs give an identity to what God is doing in your midst. And when you give that an identity, you give it roots, you give it longevity, and it goes far beyond just you guys, far beyond the walls of this church. So capturing the sound of our land is a huge part of our heart because the Lord's doing so much in our land. So we have some artist CDs out there. We have this awesome chick, Delwyn. She's from up north. Uh, Kiwi singer-songwriter, beautiful album. We recorded last year, I think, and released that at the end of last year. And one of our artists a couple years ago released Let Joy Be The Sound. uh, They're from down in Nelson. They're an awesome couple. And we also have some kids' worship out there, which one of our friends from the States put together, called Craze Praise. This is the second edition. He got his daughter and a bunch of their kids from their church to sing on it so they help write the songs they help sing on it and everything and uh, it's real um you know youthy techno beats and that kind of stuff our kids love having dance parties to it so has anyone got some kids who would be into oh you you won it you got it right there it's going to probably drive you a little crazy but bless (laughs) you yeah no it's a it's a great song it's a cd sorry Awesome. shubba We love you, Jesus. Amen. That's my prayer for the morning. Hey, well, I'm kind of, kind of excited about today. I showed up this morning, got here about 9.30, and there was people here already. And I thought to myself, I said to Kathy and Phil, this is one of those churches that people actually want to be at, isn't it? Yes. I've heard of those. <laughs> so it's cool. It's cool to be here. It's, um, any place with a level of hunger and expectation is a good place to be. And you can feel the expectation. You can feel the hunger. And so it's, it's just good. That's a healthy, that's a healthy environment. No matter what goes on in your midst, if there's hunger, if there's expectation, it changes everything. You know, if I put my hand on someone and pray for them, someone can do that and just do it as a nice gesture because the Bible tells us, lay your hands on the sick. So, you you know, it becomes a part of tradition after a long time of doing it. If you grow up with that kind of stuff, it just becomes part of tradition, you do it. But the moment you do that that very same thing with expectation where you're actually expecting something to happen, all of a sudden it's all different. Weird stuff starts to happen. Like they get happy, they might laugh. They might cry, but in a good way. They might shake. They might get healed. They might get a strategy for their business all of a sudden, in a moment. So I kind of want to chat this morning about the ministry of the Spirit. Pentecost Sunday, Sunday. And uh, let's chat about the ministry of the Spirit and what that looks like, what that is. And I really feel like there's just this fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit that's going to be released this morning. Um, We'll see how my voice holds up. I'll try and breeze through this. If we don't make it, we'll just go straight to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll jump in the deep end there. Awesome. Hey, well... Obviously, the whole story we're involved with on earth is this whole, it it begins Genesis 1, the creation story. You guys read your Bibles and you've seen that? Cool, Same, same Bible as me. God makes man in his image, and man is handed the keys of authority on the earth. So we were placed here with dominion over the earth, with with this unique... It's a hard one to describe in a European culture because when we hear of authority, we think of domination. We think of control. This kind of biblical authority works much better in indigenous cultures. We've learned so much about this from our Maori brothers and sisters and from uh, the indigenous cultures that we have the privilege of working with. They have so much insight into the spirit in ways that we just have no clue, just because of our culture. <clears throat> but this kind of authority is more to do with relationship. It's like the same way that I have authority in my wife's life. Every husband knows there is, there's like, it's, it's a, it's a cold day in hell when you have control of your wife it just doesn't exist <laughs> it doesn't work so that kind of control thing that, that, that sort of authority that thinks it's over something that's not the kind of authority that the Bible's talking about when we have authority in the earth the keys of authority in the earth it's a relational authority it's an authority that comes through connection through relationship where I have authority in my wife's life because she loves me and cares about what I think does that make sense? And vice versa. She has authority in my life, not through control, but just because I love her and I care what she thinks. And that's the kind of control, that's the kind of authority we were given. The keys of the kingdom were given to us. The keys of dominion on the earth were given to us. Where we had this authority in the earth. We had this relationship with creation and with the Father where we all flowed together seamlessly. It was beautiful. But man handed those keys through this connection with the serpent, handed those keys of authority to the devil. From that point on, mankind was locked in this prison of sin. We got locked in a sin prison in that moment. Fast forward a few thousand years. And Jesus comes. And he gives himself and reclaims the key he gives himself even unto death, but in doing so reclaims the keys that we lost in the garden. Phenomenal story, like this is the condensed, very short trailer version. And we see, like we see this happen. We know that Jesus showed shown up for this, and we know the devil has the keys because we see, we see the enemy dangling the carrot in front of Jesus' face in, in Luke. Remember where he takes Jesus in the wilderness, and he takes Jesus up to the, the top of the temple, and he shows him all the kingdoms of the earth in a moment. They all flash in front of his eyes. You remember that story? Luke 4, 6. And he says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms. In essence, he was saying, hey, look, I know what you're here for. I know what you've come for. I'll give it to you on the condition that you bow down and worship me. The interesting thing is, Jesus didn't say, hey, you're lying. You don't own the keys to those kingdoms. He didn't get into a debate about it. He just tackled the worship thing. Because he knew factually what the devil was saying there was actually true. But he wasn't going to go get those kingdoms off him in that way. So Jesus goes about it another way. He goes and he, he, he always, he has this awesome way of fixing things from the inside out. Jesus always works from the inside out. Did you know that? This is yes. This is no. Cool. Just clearing that up. It's the why because it's the nature of our Father. He Jesus operates in a way where he only he only did what he saw his Father do. He only spoke what he heard his Father say. Right, and so he he fixes things from the inside out, just like his Father did. See, Jesus calms the storm. How does he do it? Well. One storm he walks on the water right into the midst of, hops on the boat and speaks peace to it. Another storm he's sleeping on the boat right into the middle of it, and he gets up, goes out on the deck of the boat and speaks peace to it. He doesn't point at the storm from the outside from a distance and try and control that thing into submission from a distance. He buries himself into the midst of it and changes it from the inside out. It's the nature of his father. See, we see it in Genesis 1 where the father looks and he sees darkness. Total darkness. And he goes, Well, I don't want there to be darkness. And he speaks these words, Let there be light. You remember that? Pretty epic story. So much in that moment. But he speaks this, Let there be light. And in doing that, he injects a part of himself into the midst of the darkness, transforming it into light. The way he transformed the darkness to light was he literally put himself into the midst of the darkness. It's phenomenal. And we see the same in Jesus coming, where the Father sends his one only Son... Jesus comes, and they're looking at humanity, totally lost, locked in this sin prison that we've put ourselves in and handed the keys to the enemy. We can't get out. We haven't got the keys to get out anymore. And what's made it even worse is half of us don't even know we're in that prison anymore because we've just grown up in there. That's our world. And he's looking and going, "Ah, oh, man, lost in darkness, lost, totally lost in the darkness. How are we going to fix this? And so Jesus comes and buries himself in the midst of the problem. Humanity. He becomes human. It's phenomenal. He changes humanity from the inside out. He comes, puts flesh on, and changes humanity. He doesn't do away with it and try and start again. He doesn't try and give us a set of rules. You know, we wanted that. He wanted a covenant relationship, and we go, no, we're too scared. Give us rules instead. So he gave us rules. And just like our brother shared this morning, 3,000 people died as soon as the law was given. Why? Because the law leads to death. Doesn't it? We know that from the New Testament. The law leads to death. But the Spirit gives life. And so Jesus comes and he buries himself in the midst of the problem again, transforming humanity from the inside out. Phenomenal, but he goes even further and he's like, hey, you guys have this little problem called death, which you can't seem to fix. (laughs) Let me sort that one out as well. And he buries himself into the midst of that problem, sending himself to the cross and beating death even from its midst putting himself into the midst of death so that he can transform death. Now, death, which was something that was our total end, was, was like the final seal on our slavery to sin. He transforms that and makes it this beautiful gateway into eternity with him. Isn't that crazy? He's just like, oh, I'll just transform that, not a problem can do but he he put the nature of God is he puts himself in the midst of things and he transforms things from the inside out <clears throat> and so we see in Matthew twenty eight eighteen we see Jesus is risen and he declares all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me all authority in heaven and earth so that means right all authority he has all someone has none right If he has all, I almost failed maths in school. But this is an easy one. If he has all the apples, the other guy must have no apples. Awesome. No fractions, no nothing involved. It's just simple math. I like that one. Jesus keeps it simple. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Lord. He took back the keys. In that moment, he took back the keys. He was like, hey, you guys have a problem. I'm going to come and I'm going to sort this one from the inside out. I'm going to bury myself into the midst of the problem, into humanity, be born of a virgin, become a baby, grow up, live a sinless life. I'm going to bury myself even into the midst of death itself, and I'm going to grab the keys that you guys lost in the garden right in the beginning, the authority that was given to you, your very purpose for life here on earth. I'm going to grab that back. And he comes and makes that declaration. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then we have this awesome, ridiculous passage. This is just ridiculous. God is ridiculous. The way he operates, incredibly ridiculous. John 20. John 20, verse 21 through 23. He prophesies the coming of his spirit. To the disciples and with the, with his spirit, the restoration of the kingdom keys and authority to mankind it 's just this phenomenal moment i'll read it out john twenty, 20 uh, john twenty twenty one so Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you and when he said this, he breathed on them. And said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. That is a ridiculous verse. I don't hear it talked about a lot because it's kind of crazy. Isn't it? We have no problem with Jesus forgiving sins. But he's talking about us forgiving sins right there. That's a little bit weird. It sounds like vanity. Anyway, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. He makes this awesome declaration. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, he gives us a little look into that in the very next verses. Fill with the Spirit, he says. Receive the Holy Spirit. Fill with forgiveness, freedom, and love. If you forgive the sins of any, they have been forgiven them. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. It's this awesome reality that we are brought into. So, what does it mean? Jesus was showing us in this moment, here's the mystery I kind of want to talk about this morning, is that Jesus was showing us the absolute authority that we now have since we are filled with the Spirit. Jesus, as I said before, he only did what he saw his father do, he only said what he heard his father say. He just lived in that kind of a way. So when he walked around saying, your sins are forgiven, he did so because he first heard his father saying that, didn't he? He must have. Again, 1 plus 1 equals 7. Are you guys awake? This is, uh, some of you, I'm testing you. Pretty sure 1 plus 1 equals 3. <clears throat> he did so because that's the ministry of the Father and by the power of the Spirit. Sin was was mankind's greatest unsolvable problem. It was, the, it, was the, it was the one thing, no matter what we did, it was the one thing we couldn't escape. Everything we built, everything we did, everything we were, it was all still existing inside this prison of sin. We were locked in there. We put ourselves in there, we locked the gate, and we gave away the key. There's not a lot we could do about it. We were unable to free ourselves. The devil, listen, the devil is not actually much of a problem. Did you know that? He was around long before sin was, and he wasn't a problem, was he? Again, yeah, this is yes, this is no. If you're unsure, you can. The devil was around long before sin, and he wasn't a problem. It was when sin came in, when man made a contractual agreement with sin, covenant agreement with sin, that we gave him authority to act. Sin, however, enslaved us. The devil wasn't a problem, but sin was. And sin enslaved us and kept us from our connection with the Father. We all know this, right? This is all basic gospel stuff. And this is where the extravagance of God really shines. This is the thing. And this is where we've got to transition a little bit as new covenant sons and daughters. We, we have an understanding. Yes, we have been forgiven of sins. Awesome, that's great. That's a great foundation, great starting point. But that is by no means where God left it. He went so far beyond forgiveness, it's not funny. The, the greatest problem we had was the sin problem. And this is where God really shines. He not only forgave us of sin, He went and freed us from it. But then on top of giving us freedom from sin, he went even further and gave us authority over it. So the thing that was our master is now our slave. That's the deal with sonship. You haven't just been forgiven. Did you know that? Personally, I don't believe the cross had much to do with forgiveness at all. And that's a whole other message and a whole other Pandora's box of stuff to open. But the father, had, he has no external conditions on his forgiveness. The moment we messed up, yes, he was hurt. He was probably disappointed and sad because he knew what was in, in store for us through messing up. But he dealt with his own heart in that moment and forgave us. How do we know that? Well, Jesus walked around forgiving people, and the cross hadn't happened yet. And he only did what he saw his father do. I don't think the cross had a whole lot to do with forgiveness in the way that we understand forgiveness. The cross had much more to do with freedom and the restoration of the keys of the kingdom and the authority that we had lost. Forgiveness was settled in God's heart long before the cross. He's just that good. The cross was about our freedom. It wasn't God that changed that day on the cross, was it? It was us. And he gives us this absolute authority over sin. The very problem that man was subject to, he is now, by the indwelling of his spirit, made us the ruler over. He hasn't just freed us from the death grip of sin... He has gone even further and given us authority over it. It's just a ridiculous position to be in. It's awesome. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we're entrusted with a ministry that cures the world of the virus of sin. Did you realize that? The potency that is in your words and in your hands... To cure the world of the virus of sin is unlike anything on planet Earth. You hold the most potent thing within you, the very Spirit of God. You are one of the most potent geographic locations. Wherever you are is one of the most potent geographic locations on Earth. It's absolutely phenomenal. So what does it mean to forgive the sins of any, like Jesus said? This is kind of a big statement. Well, let's have a little look. The word forgive in John 20 verse 23 means it's not necessarily to get over an offense. It's not that kind of forgiveness. It means to send away. It means to send away. It's so much more than the traditional meaning of forgiveness that we have in our culture. Jesus is giving us the key of how he was able to heal paralytics, lepers, open blind eyes, open deaf ears, and, and a whole lot of other amazing things. And the key was incredibly simple. In essence, he was saying, now that you have the Holy Spirit, you can send sins away. You can literally send that problem away. And when you send those sins away, you know that in faith they are completely gone. That's like our cultural reword of what he was saying. If you forgive the sins of any, they have been forgiven. He's like saying, hey, guys, if you, with the Spirit, you can send sins away. Let's read that with that new meaning. He's saying, if you send away the sins of any... Their sins have been sent away. So he's saying, guys, if you do that, know in faith that it's done. You have that much authority. We see Jesus modeling this for us in Luke 5.20. He says to the, remember the story, the paralytic on the bed, and his friends can't get him in the house, so they take him up on the roof. They pull the tiles off the roof. They lower him down through the roof. And he's sitting there in front of all these religious scribes and leaders and a whole bunch of other people. And he says to this guy, Hey, dude, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are sent away. And that causes a real stir. For the same reason that it causes a stir today. Because they were saying, Who the heck are you to say that? Only God can say that. And the scribes took it as blasphemy. And he said, hey, well, what's easier? To say your sins have been sent away or to say get up? He goes, he makes this statement. But so that you know that the Son of Man has authority to send sins away, you get up. And he gets up, picks up his bed and walks home. Doesn't he? That story is for us. He's going, "Hey guys, so that you know, when you're baptized with the spirit, when you're born again, when you're when your life, it's no longer you that live, but Christ that lives within you, which is your current state, you have authority to send sins away. It's bizarre.) <clears throat> The indwelling of the Holy Spirit is such an incredibly incredible reality for us to live in. Not only are we set free personally, but we are literally, literally empowered to set others free in the same way that Christ did for us. I kind of want to land on this scripture here. 2 Corinthians. It's one of my favorites. 2 Corinthians 5.19 this passage is it sums up for me what the ministry of the spirit really is this ministry that we now have from the day of Pentecost those who have been filled with the spirit I'm going to read from verse 17 um Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say, new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Say, have. Now, all these things are from God. Which things? The things that have come, the new things. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Isn't that phenomenal? The cool thing is, is that where it says in, in verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world, that word for world means the earth and all its inhabitants. So he's, you know, we we often have this misconception in many Christian circles where the world's heading for destruction and we've got to scrape on through and hold on to the coattails of Jesus just to make it through. It's absolute foolishness. That's not what the Bible talks about. God's reconciling the whole world in Christ to himself. It's this, we are living in the story of the dream that Daniel interpreted, where it has a, a rock that comes and destroys these ancient kingdoms, and all of a sudden that tiny little rock turns into a mountain and grows and grows and grows, and it's the kingdom of God, and it takes over the whole earth. We are in that process right now. Did you know that? We are in the process of seeing the kingdom of God take over the whole earth. It's this full restoration of all that was. He's restoring us to that place in the garden because he took back the keys of the kingdom. And then he releases them to us. And he says, he has entrusted us with the ministry of reconciliation. To the world and all its inhabitants. It's phenomenal. It includes creation. I don't believe this world is heading down the toilet. If you watch the news long enough, you probably would believe that. But we all know how accurate and right they are. You don't have to look far to find that there is so much treasure in the earth, even right here in New Zealand. Of what God is doing. It's just crazy. The stuff that he is up to. We have friends. In India. Who have seen over 1.2 million people saved. They're being swept in in droves in India. They're being swept in in droves in China. Those two countries are jostling. For the fastest growing Christian population at the moment. Keeps swapping. And Christianity is not even legal in some of those places. He's just, the ministry of reconciliation is, it's like this magnet that is pulling everything back to the Father in Christ. And nothing can stop it. Things can try and resist. But it's like the moment they resist, the pull just gets harder. And more forceful. It's, just, it's awesome. Absolutely awesome. He goes on. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God. This is the Bible saying this. I'm not making this stuff up. As though God were making a, an appeal through us. That's what it's like. That's, see, what Paul's saying is hey you guys are filled with the spirit now you're in Christ you have this ministry of reconciliation re- reconciling the world and all its inhabitants the earth and everything that's in it back to the lord you've been entrusted with the desire of the heart of the father to have communion with his creation again you've been entrusted with that ministry <clears throat> and now the reality of that <coughs> excuse me is so Real, that it's as though God Himself were here making an appeal to people. That's how God sees it. It's phenomenal. We've been entrusted with the desire of the Father's heart to restore all people and creation itself to its divine purpose and position. So today is Pentecost Sunday. And I don't think there's a better time for this, or a better excuse for another filling of the Spirit. Throughout Acts, we see the disciples filled with the Spirit multiple times. It wasn't just a one-off filling; <clears throat> it was a continuous filling. Acts thirteen fifty-two says the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I think that one verse has been missing from us for far too long they were continually filled with joy and with the holy spirit they were continually filled with joy and with the holy spirit they were happy people and amongst it all everything that was going on persecution, the craziness, everything. They were happy people and people actually wanted to be around them. And it says of Jesus that he was filled with more joy than all of his companions. He was the happiest of them all. We know that because, you know, he, he says to the scribes, hey, John comes singing a sad song singing a lament, singing a dirge, and you say that he's got demons. And he comes with fasting and the desert ministry and the sad song. And then the Son of Man comes with a happy song, with life and joy, and you say that he's got demons. You know, he's basically getting it. Look, I just can't win. But he, he was a happy guy. His life was a happy song. He was continuously filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I think no servant is greater than their master. He set the standard. I don't think we should go below it. Right? This is yes, this is no. Just revising revising today's sermon. Yes, no. (laughs) We're on the burning pursuit, the... Of red-hot, fiery, biblical Christianity, which is being continuously filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I remember years ago, we first we ran out you know, you guys know my dad and mum, I grew up in church, and um, had a good upbringing and all of that, and knew God. Loved worship, loved prayer, loved, <clears throat> just loved God. Had a real passion for him. Went through Vision College and loved music. But I'd never had like a power encounter with him. Never had this baptism of the Holy Spirit like I read about in Scripture. Now, I remember one year we were out at Orama. Has anyone been to Orama? It's a Christian camp, oh, a couple people, Christian camp. Out on Great Barrier Island, stunning, stunning place. And we're out there. This place has a rich uh, heritage of encounters with the Lord. And um, we're hanging out there. We we led a worship school out there. It was the first thing we did. We we felt like the Lord said to lead a worship school. So we ended up out on this island, crazy story, out on this island with our our son at the time. We only had one kid. And we were leading a worship school um, with a a handful of students, for three months. And at this worship school, we organized for a bunch of guest speakers to come through. And one of them came through who, he said, I went to Toronto. Have you guys heard of Toronto Airport Church and the outpouring that happened there in 1994? God moved in a powerful way. And um, and he said, I went to Toronto and God just absolutely hit me. And he said, it hasn't stopped. He did something in me from that moment, and it just hasn't stopped. And so he puts on a CD, and he leads worship with his little iPod. And he just leads some worship. And we're standing in this room. We're just worshiping. And he goes around, and he's praying for these students. And they're just going, <laughs> he's praying for one guy. And he just flies off you know, against the side of the room and praying for another girl. And she's on the ground. I'm like, man, I know these kids. I've been with them for for um, a fair bit of time now. And God, it's just up to something crazy. And it was awesome fun. And so that was all said and done. And I said, oh, well, it's my turn now. <laughs> I want this. And so he's all right. So he prays for me, and I'm flying back into this stack of chairs that we had because we had cleared the room. And I'm on the ground, and... It's the first encounter like this that I've ever experienced, you know. I'm shaking and laughing and crying and everything all at once. (laughs) It's the best day of my life. That kind of thing. Proper crying, not coming down and everything. And I'm literally, like, paralyzed to the ground. I can't move. I'm just lying on the ground. (laughs) And I had to call my wife over at one stage because I was so itchy from all the snot coming out and the tears and everything. I was so itchy on my face. I was like, can you wipe my face? I can't move my arms. (laughs) And I was like this for hours. Stuck on the ground for hours. The power goes out at Orama at 10 o'clock. It's all run on generator. And they only turn it on for a few hours in the morning, a few hours at night. And so that that particular time, it was going off at 10 o'clock. And so the meeting was well and truly over had been for ages and um, everyone had slowly drifted back to their rooms and it was just me lying on the ground on my own (laughs) still just laughing crying in this total mess of a place encountering God and the power went out so now it's pitch black (laughs) all the lights turned off and I was just in this moment with God where he filled me with something I'd never encountered before, this, this, this filling of the Spirit, this baptism of the Spirit. And it's, it's a long story, which I won't, I won't get into, but I can say from that moment I got up completely different. I got up filled with power, filled with a, a connection with him a, with him, a communion with him that I'd never experienced before. And once you encounter that, once you have that baptism, you you can step back into that at any time. It's like you've been given this endless spring of water that any time in the Spirit you can choose to just go whoop, go for another bathe and just get absolutely intoxicated with his goodness again. So I wanted this morning, we're going to put on some tracks from the back. You don't want to start those now. And um, I just want to invite you guys. Some of you may have never been baptized in the Spirit before, and some of you may have had several baptisms in the Spirit. But today is a day of being filled with the Spirit. Whether it's the first time or hundredth time or thousandth time, whatever. I'm just planning on getting filled with the Spirit. (laughs) Because it's good. So I want to invite you guys to come down and and, uh, join me at the front here. I'm uh, going to pray and perhaps Phil and Kathy and Phil, the team here, can pray with me. We're just going to be praying for a filling of the Holy Spirit as you come. This fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. This restoration of the kingdom. Did you know the restoration of the kingdom is happening within you as you're filled with the spirit that is the restoration of the kingdom that is that very story of jesus coming and handing you back the keys of the kingdom all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him and he says therefore go here have the keys go have some fun so let me pray and then i just invite you guys to come Holy Spirit, we just love you. We love you. We love you. We love that you have given us the ministry of reconciliation and that you've made it ridiculously fun and wildly adventurous. Lord, it could have been so boring. It could have been so dull, but man, you made it electric. Thank you, Father, for sonship. Thank you for adoption. And Lord, I just pray this morning that as we gather here down the front, as we... As we pray, as we seek you again, that you would fill us with such a fresh encounter this morning. Holy Spirit, even those that have to leave, just, I just pray that as they sleep tonight, they would be filled with this presence, that they would be filled with your, with your love, that, God, uh, there would be such a revelation of sonship, of adoption, and of communion with you, that we would know just how filled With your very presence, we are. Thank you, Jesus. So I just invite you, come on down. Those of you who are feeling that stirring, you just want a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. I know it's a general one, but hey, that's just the way it is today. If I was a communist leader, I'd tell you to all stand up and come on down. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm not. Love you, Father. Look, I tell the testimony of what God did in my life in that particular encounter with him. I've had similar encounters with him of equal significance in my life where literally no physical manifestation has happened. I just know like I've just been, whoa, hit with the presence of God and I know I'll never be the same again. And I've seen people who are like touched with the presence of God and it's like the light turns on within them and they leave and go and change the world. And I've seen others who literally like plastered to the ground, some for days on end. And that's the way God chooses to move in their life. It's not important what happens right now, apart from the filling of the Spirit. Whatever that looks like is totally up to you and Him. (laughs) But just open your heart, open your spirit, and just begin to connect with Him as this song plays. And begin to allow Him to fill you even now. And we're just going to come past and release the Holy Spirit filling on your life. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want to just crank that track up a little bit? Thank you Jesus, even more, bring it right up.